Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Roswell in the 21st century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force. But the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404 474 0086.
This is a different perspective with Kevin Randall. Kevin is a retired United States Army Lieutenant Colonel who has studied UFOs for more than 50 years. His military training has provided him with unique insight into military operations and UFO research. Kevin has investigated many of the most mysterious cases and has been consulted for dozens of documentaries and been interviewed on hundreds of radio and television programs about UFOs. Considered to be one of the leading experts on the Roswell UFO crash, Kevin has written more than 25 books about UFOs including Roswell in the 21st Century and Encounter in the Desert, a re-examination of the Socorro UFO landing. Now here is the host of A Different Perspective, Kevin Randall. And uh, welcome to this edition of A Different Perspective. I am, in fact, Kevin Randall. And I think it's pretty impressive that uh, I retired as a lieutenant colonel. Gee whiz. Who would have thunk many, many years ago? I'm going to be joined here momentarily by Tom Carey, who is a native Pencil Pen uh, Philadelphian or Pennsylvanian, I suppose, holds a degree from Temple University, a BS in Business Administration, and California State University, Sacramento, an MA in Anthropology. He also attended the University of Toronto's PhD program in Anthropology. So he got a lot deeper in Anthropology than I did. I only studied it as an undergraduate. An Air Force veteran who held a top-secret crypto clearance, Tom is now a retired Philadelphia-area businessman. He has been a MUFON State Director, a Special Investigator for QFOS, which is the Center for UFO Studies, and a member of the QFOS Board of Directors. Tom began investigating aspects of the Roswell crash in 1991 and has since 1998 teamed with Don Schmidt. Tom has written more than 40 published articles about Roswell, has contributed to a number of books, not to mention having co-written a number of Roswell-related books himself. Uh, his newest book is Roswell, the Chronological Pictorial, and coming out on June 15th is the newest book titled Roswell, the Ultimate Cold Case Closed. Tom has been a guest on many radio programs, including A Different Perspective, which is the only one I'm going to mention, just for the nastiness of it, I suppose. He has appeared in a number of television documentaries and programs as well. Do Tom, <laughs> welcome to A Different Perspective. Nice to be with you, Kevin. And Tom, I should have mentioned uh, while I was giving the biography, you are a charter member of the Ke uh, Kenneth Toby fan club. I am certainly a, a charter member of, as far as I know, there are only two members, uh, me and you. <laughs> yes. And for those who are interested, Ken, Kenneth Toby starred in um, The Thing, the original Thing movie, The Thing uh, from Another Thing from World. Another World. And he um, did uh, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. And if you, and if you um, watch many, many shows, you see him appear in minor roles, bigger roles. He was on Perry Mason a number of times as one of the attorneys opposing uh, Raymond Burr. I but saw, I yes, saw him in the, uh, the, what was that, the, uh, not the Goonies, but the, um, oh, the Little Critters, uh, what, what was that one? He played a uh, gas station owner where uh, Hoyt Axton tried to sell him a smokeless ashtray. Oh, that was, um, that was the, um, the Gremlins, the Gremlins. The Gremlins, yes. Okay, um. This all began, I'm, and when I'm getting away from Kenneth Toby, uh, this all began, meaning um, a number of weeks ago, I had Don Schmidt on the program, and I asked him a question about Glenn Dennis. Did he still buy the Glenn Dennis story? And he gave the answer. You apparently listened to that program, 
and we're not happy with his response and uh, sent me some information about it. And I thought, well, I'd have you on the program and talk about your perspective of Glenn Dennis. So let's just start off that way. Do you still buy any into the Glenn Dennis story? Well, uh, we, we, uh, Don and I, uh, we gave a lot of thought to the Glenn Dennis story. And uh, our, our final conclusion was because we had a number of uh, other witnesses who recall Glenn talking about the phone calls of receiving the calls from the Roswell base, uh, inquiring about the child size caskets. So that, that part of the story we do, we do attribute to Glenn, uh, either he took the calls or somebody told them about them, but he was aware and he spoke to others, uh, about the receiving the, the, the childlike, uh, calls uh, calls for the childlike caskets at the Ballard's funeral home. One, one of the fellows we talked to was a judge. Uh, and I think he's passed away by now, but he was a judge and he recalled Glenn talking about it. So we do believe that part of the story. Why would they need child size coffins? Well, obviously for uh, child, child size bodies. Why couldn't they put them in just normal size coffins? Because they're not going to bury them. They're, they're using them to uh, transport them. Well, uh, you got me there. I, I don't know. That's what the story was. And uh, the rest of the story was that he had, uh, uh, th that the Ballard Funeral Homes uh, hearse, that they used to carry the, uh, you know, during funerals, they would carry the body in a casket, uh, you know, uh, the, the hearse also doubled as a uh, ambulance in town. They had the contract for ambulance service for the town of Roswell. And uh, I don't know that if I was injured, I'd like to go to the hospital in a, in a hearse. I, I, that wouldn't be a good sign for me. But nevertheless, well, just just to be fair, a lot of small towns, especially back in the 40s, the mortuary service did run the ambulance service as well. So that's not an unusual arrangement. Well, it's not an arrangement that I would like if I was injured. That, that's uh, the point I was trying to make. But not, uh, not, not arguing the point, just, just trying to make sure that, that the audience understands that this was something that wasn't that uncommon back in the 1940s. That, uh, I, was, the, I was just trying to get a cheap laugh, that's all. Um, <laughs> so, Didn't make it, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Usually to a larger audience it does, but... Uh, you you know we're an audience of two here, and only one was laughing. And so uh, that you. <laughs> the rest of the story was that he he carried an injured somebody to the to the an injured airman to the base. Uh, he picked him up and took him to the the base. And while he was at the base, he encountered a a nurse uh, who was a friend of his. That, uh, you know, she, she was apparently uh, part of an, uh, an aborted alien autopsy, let's call it. And she saw Glenn and she said, Glenn, get out of here. You're going to get in trouble. You got to get out of here. And then he ran into this red haired, uh, red haired officer and a black sergeant who started uh, really uh, browbeating him to get out of there, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, 
the next day he meets with the nurse and uh, she says, oh, I was part of an alien autopsy, that, but we had to stop it because the, the smell was so bad. And uh, so he had her draw in a prescription, prescription pad what the uh, aliens look like. And uh, so uh, and she was very sick. And so she had to leave. And so that was the last time he saw her, because when he tried to look her up again, she had been transferred over to England, where she was subsequently killed in an aircraft accident. Do we know the name of the nurse? I'm sorry. Do You know the name of the nurse? Yes. Yes. I was I was going to get to that. So when I joined the team of uh, Randall and Schmidt back in the early 90s, uh, I was looking for the archaeologists and you were looking assiduous. What's my pet peeve? Messy cat litter. Those furry little pads turn into cat litter super spreaders, leaving the already been used litter scattered across the floor for your bare feet to discover. The solution? World's best cat litter's new load tracking and dust control. It's quick clumping, made from corn so it doesn't stick to paws like clay, and specially formulated to stay where it belongs, in the box. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter for a happier, less littered home. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Obviously for the nurse, as you know, besides others. And the, the name that Glenn had given you was Naomi Maria Self. No, the name Glenn Dennis gave me was Naomi Self. He gave Carl Flock the name Naomi Maria Self. Well, I, 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 I certainly uh, that was a point uh, point taken. Uh, and and the other side of that coin, which I think is important, is when he gave me the name of the nurse, he made me swear never to tell anybody what her name was, and to ne- never even suggest that I knew knew the name, um, as we began our search for the for the nurse. And the next thing I know, Phil Class has the name. And he didn't get it from me, and he didn't get it from Don, and I'm sure he got it from Carl Flock. Because he, he also, he he also had the name. He didn't the, get it from me either, so. Well, he also had the name uh, Naomi Maria Self, only with two Fs on the end of Self instead of one. Well, but, the, point, uh, the point being that uh, at some point, I don't know how long you searched for the nurse whether it was one year two years but at some point when you could not locate the nurse the, uh, under the uh, you know the name he gave you as a, ever being in the military 
you confronted Glenn and he said, oh, I gave you I gave you a phony name. That, yeah, that's sort of the story. Actually, Vic Goyubik was the one that uh, I confronted Glenn with that information. But we, and I say we, I I worked with the I worked with the police officers. As a matter of fact, uh, trying to trace down um, anybody with that name who'd been a nurse, I'd gotten the morning reports or attempted to get the morning reports from the base so that we could um, uh, check those against sudden transfers and the like. But I'm going to have to uh, stop us right here, given the time. And when we come back, we'll get a little bit deeper into the nurse and whether that story really makes any sense at all, given what we know about Glenn Dennis and what he talked about um, since then. Uh, before we go away, I'd like to say I want to thank all of you who purchased a copy of the best of Project Blue Book. Um, it's been up and down on the various Amazon bestseller lists, which I appreciate immensely. Uh, if you've read the book and you like to think about writing a review, because that does help us... Uh, Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third-generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Gen E as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. It's formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME.
In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that link some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. by Tom Carey. We are doing our best to maintain social distancing, him being nowhere near me at the time, but being hundreds of miles away. So we're doing a good job at that. Uh, his latest book is the Roswell, uh, Roswell, the Chronological Pictorial, and the newest book, the one coming out in June, is Roswell, the Ultimate Cold Case Closed. Uh, the website is roswellinvestigator.com. Roswell Investigator, all one word and all lowercase. Mine, of course, is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And I will have more information posted there sometime in the next uh, few hours, I suppose. When we went away, I was, I guess, lecturing. <laughs> Probably shouldn't use that term. Um, in the search for the nurse, because I think that's an important part of the Glenn Dennis story. And what I was mentioning was that um, I tried to get the morning reports, and Tom will know as well as I do, and anybody who's been in the military will know, uh, military units in that time frame filled out a morning report every morning, and it told uh, told people who was who was on leave, who had transferred in, who transferred out, who was sick in the hospital, who was off on TDY. It gave the number of people present at that location for duty. So if you were on TDY, your name would appear in the morning report. When you checked into the unit, your name would appear. And when you left the unit, your name would appear. I had gone to St. Louis, and by gone to St. Louis, I mean I wrote them a letter and said, I would like the morning reports for the medical squadron of at the 509th Bomb Group in Roswell, New Mexico, on these dates. And they sent me the HHC, which is the headquarters company, which is no no help whatsoever. Vic Goliubek managed to get the morning reports for, I think, from the beginning of 1946 through the end of 1947. So if there was a nurse named Naomi Self or, or um, Naomi Maria Self, her name would appear on the morning report, either signing into the unit or when she signed out. And because Glenn said she'd left almost immediately after the events in July, her name should have been on the morning report and it was not. Um, we were able to get, and by we, I mean Vic Goyebeck again, was able to get uh, a list of 125,000 women who had been nurses in the military from basically World War I on through um, 1947. Her name didn't appear anywhere there. And he also checked the civilian nurses and she, who might have been working at the base uh, in some capacity and couldn't find her there either. So we concluded that there was no nurse named Naomi Self. And when confronted with that information, as Tom pointed out, Glenn said, no, that wasn't her name. Uh, he said he would, He said to us at the time, I'll give you the name, but it won't be the right name. He never said anything like that. And that um, we, so we went off on this 
years-long search for Naomi Sal for no apparent reason. So, Tom, here's where we are now. We know her name isn't Naomi Self. We know Glenn lied about that. Um, did you find a nurse that might fit the criteria? Well, to, to, to pick it up from where we left off, uh, every July, uh, I would go down uh, to uh, Roswell during festival. You know, we would give talks. And uh, we even made some special investigative trips down there. And when Glenn was still alive, I would ask him about the nurse, you know. And uh, he would never give me a name, but he would give me sort of hints uh, of what she looked like, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it was clear to me that he was using the nurse uh, who's in the yearbook. Her name is Adeline Fanton. That was the nurse he was describing. And uh, I came to the conclusion that he was using her, uh, not that she was the real nurse, but that was his, the nurse in his story, knowing full well that she was already dead. So we, it's not somebody we could interview because she was already dead. She died in the 1950s of some, uh, um, not an accident or anything, but she had some sort of... Uh, she succumbed to some congenital disease. I don't know exactly what it was, but she was dead by the mid-1950s. So we could, we could never interview her, and she was a convenient uh, straw man, let's say, to use for, the, uh, for his story. So that's where I left it. I said, well, we're never going to get to the bottom of this, so I never paid any attention to it uh, from that point on. Well... Lo and behold, uh, and you know this, Kevin, uh, lots of times you'll get somebody saying, oh, I got somebody who, yeah, you don't want to talk to me, you want to talk to Joey Blowy over here. He's the one that's got all of the information. Uh, he'll really give you a lot. You go call up Joey Blowy, and he doesn't have anything. So, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're all enthused, and then it turns out to be nothing. And oftentimes... You get information from the least expected sources, okay? And that, that's what happened here. In uh, 2008, uh, I brought my wife, Doreen, down to a festival, uh, to the July festival. And uh, so while we were down there, I said, oh, let me show you the site, the sites of Roswell, if you can, you can believe that one. But uh, I said, let me show you some of the sites of Roswell. And uh, we found ourselves over by the New Mexico military. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Curry Institute's football stadium. They have a football stadium, which I'm sure you, you saw, you know, yourself. And uh, so I'm looking through the fence at the stadium and the grass and, you know, the splendor of the football stadium. And my, I hear my wife saying, Tom, Tom, over here, over here. So I walk over to her and there is a bronze plaque that was erected in 1987. 
And on it was a name of football players. And the name that uh, jumped right out at me was Roger Staubach. Well, it turns out Roger Staubach, before he went to the Naval Academy, spent a year at the New Mexico Military Institute. I never knew that, and but he did. And uh, looking at the names, it was the names of football players who had played at least one game at the New Mexico Military Institute football stadium and went on to play in the National Football League. The first name on the bronze plaque was a fellow by the name of Tom Brookshire, who used to play defensive back for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was a graduate of Roswell High School. I never even knew he, I didn't know he was from Roswell, but there he was, right? The first name, uh, the year was 1949, where he played a, played football on the, on the stadium turf. And I said, wow, you know, I, I got to call him up when I get, get, get back home to, to where I live. So uh, I go back home, it's, two, you know, a little after July 2008. So I call up uh, Brookshire. He would have he would have made the Hall of Fame, believe it or you know, without a doubt, he would have made the Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame. But he broke his leg in mid-career. He had a compound fracture of his tibia. That's the big bone in the leg. And it ended his career. So uh, but he started this uh, talks, all sports talk radio program in Philadelphia, the first one of its kind in the city, 24 hours sports talk. And he was the founder of it. And uh, uh, he's in the Philadelphia Broadcasters Hall of Fame. He didn't make the NFL, but he made the Philadelphia Broadcasters Hall of Fame. So I called up Tom and uh, I, you know, I said, I understand you're from Roswell. And do you remember the the Roswell crash of 47. He says, oh, yes, yes, I remember it well. And uh, he was uh, 16 years old at the time. And uh, he remembered the, the base went into lockdown. His, his father had a, a service station on Main Street in Roswell. So they got to know a lot of the, the airmen who uh, would fill up their cars uh, with gas or have them serviced at his father's gas station. And Tom Jr. would uh, often, you know, help his father out by pumping gas. So he got to know a lot of the servicemen. Well, when the incident happened, he said the base went into lockdown and nobody nobody was going in or coming out that he could see. And that when the lockdown was over, the airmen who, whom he knew wouldn't talk to him anymore. They would come in, you know, for the car uh, servicing and the gasoline but they wouldn't talk to him anymore. So that, that, that was one thing he knew. He also got to handle a piece of the memory metal. Uh, it's a long story, but that I'll just cut to the chase there. He got to handle a piece of the memory metal. So uh, does, this, I, does this have anything to do with the nurse or is this just an interesting coincidence here? So this is a, this is leading to the nurse. Okay. Leading, leading to the nurse. Okay. So, uh, I said, uh, to, to end the, the phone call, I said, do you have any leads for me, people I can talk to? So he gave me the lead of this fellow uh, who was 18 years old in uh, 1947, and he ran a, he ran a big uh, crane. He was a crane operator. 
And so we brought him in to the museum. The next, you know, the next year I was down there, I brought him into the museum. I, I had uh, called him up and said, oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I want to meet you in person. So we, we put it off to the next year. Tom, so, let me interrupt you there because I got to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the, the crane operator, how we get back to the nurse and all of that stuff. I did want to say that there are some other fine programs on the about the paranormal on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. That's XZBN, or for our pals in Canada, XZBN.net. So take a look at the listing on the X-Zone website, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be something that will spark your interest. And as I say, take a look at my blog at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And while I'm giving out all this information, let me mention once again, it's... Uh, for Tom Carey's website, it's roswellinvestigator.com, all lowercase. When we come back, we'll talk about the crane operator and what he knows and how we get back to the nurse. We will be back right after this, so please stick around. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide audience if you have seen a ufo had a close encounter seen a ghost bigfoot lake monster or a story that you would like to share or have investigated contact me rob mcconnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll free 1-800-610-7035 extension 143 and on skype xzone radio tv for more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. 
Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Tom Carey. We're going to be talking about the crane operator, which will get us back to the nurse in just a moment. But I did want to say one thing. And is, is those of you who pay attention to the program, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I've talked to a couple of guys who talked about uh, Flight 19 from the Bermuda Triangle. Well, next week, I plan to do a retrospective on that whole thing and bring it all together so we'll understand where all the theories are and what all the information is and how it all fits together. So we'll be doing that next week. And I just thought I'd mention that. And I'll mention it again at the end of the program. As I said, when we went away, Tom was telling us about a crane operator that he learned about from a, a former football player, and it'll get us to the nurse. So, Tom, yes, got the microphone, get us to the nurse. Okay, so uh, the name of the crane operator, his name was Jack Box, and he looked like Ray Nitschke's brother. I mean, this fellow, he was in his late 60s when i interviewed him he came in with his wife he looked i thought it was ray nitschke and uh so uh i get his story and uh he says oh by the way our daughter knows who the doctor is i said the doctor what doctor he said well the doctor that was called out to the base when the the bodies came in the little the little fellas and this was totally unexpected. He says, I, I know who the, she knows who the doctor was. So the, the daughter lived in another town. So we rung her up on the phone and I put my recorder right up to the phone and interviewed his daughter. And she, here's her story. She said, my boyfriend sells, he's a salesman for medical uh, hardware, you know, things like stethoscopes and all that stuff. He, he was in the certain area in the western area he sold medical devices to doctors and one of his uh, clients was a was a doctor still is by the way in roswell and uh, he he gave uh, she gave us the doctor's name and the story was that he was called out to the base hospital when when the uh, bodies came in he was told this by his client doctor. So uh, I said, are, "Are you know?" And you're listening to her, and you know, Kevin, you can you can tell you you inter so interview so many people. You know when they're lying, and you know when they're telling you what they believe. So uh, I hung up, had the story, and I have a copy, a photocopy of the. Roswell City Directory. And it was this doctor's father who was called out to the base. So I looked at, 
looked them up in the directory. I have a copy of, you know, not the original, but a photocopy of the 1947 city directory. And sure enough, here was this guy, the doctor who he was talking about. I said, by golly, that, that was the doctor. And you know yourself that they, they not only give the name, but they also give the uh, vocation of the person in, that's listed in the city directories. It said, so-and-so doctor, physician for Marshall and Marshall Clinic, a physician clinic. There's a, there was a clinic in town called Marshall and Marshall, Ira Marshall and, some, and his brother. So I said, oh, my goodness, that was the doctor. Well, how does that get us to the nurse? Well, every now and then I just skim through the city directory, seeing what I can see. And lo and behold, I come across this name of um, all I could see was embalmer Ballards and Ballards. So here's the name of somebody who was an embalmer at Ballards and Ballards. But I'm, not Glenn Dennis. But, and it was not Glenn Dennis. Who was, was also an embalmer at Ballards at the, in 1947. Yes, yes. He was not a mortician. He was an embalmer. And okay. right, right under this fellow's name was his wife. They had a separate ent entry for his wife. And it said, Nurse... Marshall and Marshall Clinic. So here you have a nurse working at Marshall and Marshall's clinic, and her husband is an embalmer at Ballard's Funeral Home. So I put two and two together. I said, oh, my goodness. This is where Glenn got the story. Because I, ha I had it confirmed to me by someone else that, yes, Dr. So-and-so was called out to the, the base, and he took... Mrs. So-and-so, the nurse, with him. But here's a question. Why would the Army need a doctor, a civilian doctor, know. to come to the base? I don't know. Because uh, they went had fully, fully qualified physicians at the base. I don't see any expertise a civilian doctor could bring to the base that they wouldn't have had. Or if they needed some civilian expertise, they couldn't get it from another base, another military person. I don't understand why they'd bring a civilian in. Well, I, I don't know. 73 years later, I don't understand either. So uh, I called up the, the son, who's a practicing physician still in Roswell, right? You had father and son, both doctors. The son is still practicing in Roswell. I call him up, and, you know, you have to sort of butter him up, you know, hi, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so I asked him about his father, and there was uh, and the and the Roswell case, and there was a long pause, a long pause. Like, okay, what did I say here? And um, uh, so I'm assuming he's think, trying to think up a, uh, an answer. He he says, "Oh, we we he wasn't in Roswell in 19. He never. We didn't arrive until after that." Well, I'm looking at the city directory for 1947 which, as you know, would be mostly 1946 data. They would put those things together, and it's mostly 1946 data, and there's his father's name. So he lied to me about that. So my conclusion was that, that the story is true. 
But you never talked to anybody who had direct knowledge of the craft and the bodies. It was all somebody told somebody something else. It's sort of a friend of a friend story. I'm just saying this is this is the best we can do. And I put you know putting two and two together. If you don't believe that part part of Glenn's story, this is my mind. Well, I can tell you how my mind worked. This is in my mind how he got the story, because his wife certainly would tell his husband and the embalmer. Uh, Glenn's uh, buddy embalmer would tell him, and that's where he got the story. But what does this say? And this is going to be a really far out question. What does it say about the reliability of of, of Walter Hott? Because Walter Hott must have known that, and yet Walter Hott's the one that gave us the name Glenn Dennis. We didn't find Glenn Dennis. I remember sitting in Walter Hott's living room, and we're talking to him about it. And he said to me, I know the name you're fishing for. It's Glenn Dennis. We get Glenn Dennis from Walter Hott. But if, but Walter should have known whether or not Glenn Dennis was directly involved in this thing. Doesn't that, doesn't that sort of undermine the credibility of Walter Hott indirectly? Walter Hott, to us, Walter Hott it was, it was a fine gentleman. He's the guy that you want. If you have a club, he's the guy you want to be the president. And uh, as far as we're concerned, he 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 must have promised Butch, uh, uh, Colonel Blanchard, that he would never talk about this. And uh, so I knew I knew Walter for 20 years, and I always felt that he was holding back. You know, he oh I got you know I gave the press release, and how could that be your only Thing you know about it he's right in the eye of the hurricane and the only thing he would admit to was was carrying the you know uh carrying the press release around to the four media outlets in town and you know you have to think my god you mean you you didn't care what was going on around you and he just he just wouldn't answer but uh we we caught him one time and we said uh walter uh how big uh, did Butch say? How, because by that time we had interviewed people who knew had seen Walter with carrying, you know, a piece or two of the wreckage. He had been to the big hangar where the where all the wreckage and the bodies were originally taken. He had seen all that, according to other witnesses who were there. And uh, so we said, "Hey, Walter, how big were they?" And he stuck out his right arm at shoulder length you know, about three and a half feet off the floor and without thinking to, to tell us how big they were. And it, then he caught himself and I'm, oh my God, what am I doing? So we knew, we knew he knew way more than he was uh, telling us. So what we did, this is now 2002, is we put into a, 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 a sequence of statements what we believed Walter knew firsthand and we said walter uh you know we know you're not going to come clean in our you know our we know you're not going to to break your vow with butch about not saying anything beyond the press release here's a here's a uh, something that we put together that what we believe you know or participated in Look at it with your lawyers, your wife, your family, whatever, and we would like you to sign sign it as a sealed statement to be 
to be opened after your passing. Let's uh, let me break in there because it's time once again. Uh, I'm talking to Tom Carey. We're talking about Roswell. We're I think we've ended with the nurse without really getting any good information about that. I mean, firsthand information from about that. Uh, the book is Roswell, the Chronological Pictorial. My website is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. My take on the Roswell case is in Roswell in the, 20, Roswell in the 21st century, and it uh, is a, an examination of all that. I will be back right after this with Tom Carey, so please stick around. abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again simultv.com simultv.com what's simultv.com that's what i asked them they had it written on the side of their ufo how do you spell that ufo no i mean simultv.com 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 right simultv.com interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com ufo last night oh yeah yeah now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that link some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME.
am still here with Tom Carey. We are still practicing social distancing because it's the thing to do in today's environment. We were talking originally about the Roswell nurse. I diverted the conversation into Walter Hott because I thought that um, the fact that Walter Hott gave us Glenn Dennis might suggest something about the way this whole um, investigation transpired. But the one question that we didn't really get answered here is we don't really know who uh, you speculate about the nurse, but you don't really know who exactly who it is. I do know it's. And this is this is where I'm, I'm trying to let I'm trying to build the suspense, uh, Kevin. Um, I don't have time for suspense. I need to get right to the nurse. Well, that's that's what it is. Uh, we do uh, we do name the nurse in our book, the uh, chronological Victoria. We do name the nurse. So uh, that's why I didn't give the name here. We want you to buy the book. So, Did you, but you did. Obviously, you didn't talk to the nurse. They were no. They're both gone. They're both gone, and uh, they had a they had a son. They had a they had one child, a son, who had an odd name. And I located him, and he denied that he was their son. So why would why would he do that? He would deny that he was their son. The, you know the age the 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 sound of his voice sounded the right age in his seventies and uh, so and there was only one in the country with that name so uh, he denied that he was their son and uh, they they moved to Albuquerque right after right after the incident and lived there for a number of years but they're both gone and so, uh, so really what what we have here is a bunch of speculation about who the nurse may have been and Glenn Dennis may have known her name but we really don't have anything to document that we have no real evidence of that there's, we have, there's no there's no uh, there's no uh, name her name is not on any uh, you know call sheet or anything like that it's it's connecting dots it's connecting dots uh, with a 73 year old case you know that's that we have to do that and uh, they were both gone when I located, uh, you know, got this information. In fact, uh, Tom Brookshire died two after uh, two years after I interviewed him. Nobody, nobody knew he was sick, but he died of gallbladder cancer two years after I interviewed him. So, uh, you know, when when the phone when you get a disconnect, although the the phone's no longer in service in this sort of uh, business, you know that they're they're gone. So. Uh, that's why we wrote the book, uh, The Ultimate Cold Case Closed, which will come out next month, uh, that 99% uh, of them are dead now, of the first hands, and uh, there may be some out there that we don't know about. But the, but, I, but the, point, but the point, Tom, the point, Tom, is that um, Glenn Dennis was spinning a tail. The, the uh -huh. second part, we believe he was spinning a tail, yes. And that's kind of what Don Schmidt said, and I, I I agree. I mean, Glenn Dennis clearly was not involved in this at all. And but so beyond the beyond the phone calls, uh, we believe he was not involved. Yes, I don't think he even got the phone calls uh, well, because congratulations. He may have overheard the phone calls, but he didn't get phone calls. I think he his whole role yeah, in it we was don't invented. know. We don't know. Maybe he received them. Maybe he didn't. We we don't know. And that, I mean, that's the whole point. 
um, where we got off on I, I, And that was why I've abandoned the Glenn Dennis story a long time ago, because there just was no way to verify much of anything he said. And it was well, wrapped we, in this ball of time. We had, we had other witnesses who, who recalled in real time Glenn talking about the phone calls for this child-sized caskets. We do have uh, corroboration for that. Whether he received them himself or someone else in Ballard's and told him about them, we don't know. But the phone calls were made and received at Ballard's. But you really can't prove that either. Uh, what do you by what? You, what? All we have, all we have is what I'm saying is, and, and it's the problem with the Roswell case. All we have is this testimony. Um, it's a witness seems, case. It's a witness case, Kevin. It's a witness case. I understand that, Tom, but I, what I'm what I'm getting at here is this missing nurse story has diverted attention for so long, and we've really got nothing there that we can hold up and say this is it. We've gone through Naomi Self. We've gone through what Fenton. Right? We, we've got uh, a, a nurse at the Marshall and Marshall Clinic involved in this thing, and and. It just is kind of a friend of a friend type story. And we have, you you didn't even get a chance. And, and I understand the problem with that having, I mean, it's, as you say, more than 70 years old. So finding a firsthand witness who was a trained nurse or a doctor from that time frame is going to be impossible given the ages they would have been in 1947. But the point is, we really have no firsthand testimony that we can rely on. You can rely on a witness, or you cannot rely on a witness. It's up. It's up to you. No, my point. My point is, you have no firsthand testimony of oh. somebody who saw the. When we get to the Glenn Dennis story, we really have no firsthand testimony of of anything there. It's all hearsay from one person to the next person. Well, certainly in a court of law, hearsay is is not admissible, uh, unless sometimes, I guess, as a in support of, of first-hand testimony. Uh, I'm not a legal expert, but I think that's that's what there it is. Are, there are exceptions to the hearsay rule, but that's for lawyers to argue about. But I guess all I'm, all I'm saying here is when we get, when we're looking at the Glenn Dennis testimony, the Glenn Dennis story, we've, we've caught him any number of lies about his role in this story. Including yes, the we have. That's why, we, that's why we discounted the second part of his story. But we have... Uh, uh, testimony from other witnesses, including a sitting judge, that he recalled Glenn talking about the, the phone calls about the child-sized caskets, and whether Glenn received them or uh, he just heard them from another, say, another embalmer, somebody else at Ballard's, uh, we don't know that, but the calls were made by the base and received at Ballard's for child-sized caskets. Glenn whether he invented that part of the story or just repeating something else, we know that part of the story took place. As far as the nurse, we don't we don't believe Glenn's story, uh, but we believe he heard it from somebody else and inserted himself into that. As you know, that's a very difficult uh, thing. You know, when you're when you have someone who was there but maybe didn't really participate, but knows all of the. Uh, uh, atmospherics going on. It's uh, they're they're tough witnesses to uh, to uh, discern whether they're telling the truth or not. But uh, we do. I I myself, all I can tell you is what I believe, having interviewed these people, is that there was a nurse 
that uh, they called uh, her doctor out from Marshall and Marshall Clinic, and uh, she uh, she went with him, and uh, that story somehow we believe through the nurse's husband got to Glenn Dennis, and he uh, uh, assumed the story uh, as himself and told it uh, as the second part of his uh, story. So, but shouldn't shouldn't the story the story kind of be reduced to a footnote in the Roswell case? Because it does lead us off in directions we really well, don't go. Well, it, the reason it's not a footnote is that he went on television with this story several times. I, I understand that. I'm saying it to, to, in today's environment, we should reduce it to a footnote in the story uh, because it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And, it, and there's so much wrong with it. Well, you asked about it. You know, maybe maybe it is a footnote, but you asked about it. So... I'm telling you how how we went forward on this. And uh, the point was that uh, sometimes we get our information in a circuitous way. Uh, you know, understood. Um, understood. I'm just I'm just suggesting I don't know the point you're making here. This is the, that... this is how we get information on a 73 year old case where all the primary people are dead. So, you know, you can accept it or reject it. Uh, I I. I just tell you what happened and how circuitous it was. It started with a trip and, to, to Roswell with my wife at the football and, stadium. And, 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 you know, that's, that's, I'm, I'm impressed that you got to the point you got to. I'm just saying that, that when we boil it down to its essence, um, we don't have a lot to hang our hat on there. And that maybe we should concentrate on other aspects of the tale now if we can find something that is a little bit more solid. No, uh, uh, this, this, uh, I, I've left the uh, nurse case uh, in the rearview mirror some time ago. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I haven't, uh, in fact, it took me a, a while to, to re, you know, to re, uh, re recount my steps so that the way we, you know, arrived at this story. I, I mean, I've, I spend zero time on it uh, now and for the last couple of years. Uh, like I said, I interviewed Tom Brookshire in 2008, which is, what, uh, 12 years ago. Well, let uh, me interrupt you here, Tom, because I have to. Um, we're out of time. I've enjoyed the conversation. I uh, enjoyed the, getting the information. I appreciate your uh, taking time to chat with me today. The book is Roswell, the Chronological Pictorial, and uh, coming up in June is Roswell, the Ultimate Cold Case Closed, where the name of the nurse will be reviewed or revealed. Uh, thank, thank you, Tom. Thank you, uh, Kevin. My pleasure, I think. <laughs> um, next week, as I said, I will be talking about um, Flight 19, the Flight 19 wrap-up, and from the points of view of, that I was able to gather in my investigation and what we learned about the empty grave at Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, coming up after that, I'm going to talk to Nick Redfern. And coming up in June, I'll be talking uh, with Don Schmidt about Len Stringfield and his contribution to the crash retrieval research that's been going on now since Len Stringfield revitalized it. Uh, once again, I want to point out there are some other fine programs about the paranormal on the Exxon Broadcast Network. So go to the website, take a look around. And if you enjoyed this program, tell people about it, and I will chat with you again in 167 hours. So thanks for stopping by.